Awesome. How's everybody? Oh, I heard a few of you. How's everyone? Yeah, that's a bit better. Well, as we kind of juggle our way on the stage at the moment, if you can just just bear with us. But we're just really excited to be here this morning and really excited to see your wonderful, lovely faces here in the room. Um, but I also know that we have some people viewing out on live stream today. So we wanted to say good morning or is it nighttime? <laughs> or is it too, too early in the morning? <laughs> well, wherever you may be, whether you're here in Australia, in your living rooms, um, or whether you are in another part of the world, or even if you're in Cambodia, welcome family. โอเคอืมสมสวากุมเอ่อปองปออนរបស់យើងដែលអស់គ្នានៅស្រុកខ្មែរដល់កំពុងមើលលៃ how at it ហានសម្រាប់អ្នករោគ្នាជារៀងរោថ្ងៃវែលកាំ well, yes, a round of applause for that one. <laughs> well, let me translate. Welcome to all our brothers and sisters in Cambodia who are watching the live stream right now. I believe the Holy Spirit will help you to listen to this message, even though we are going to be speaking English. So, we here in SNC Australia really love our brothers and sisters in Cambodia and we pray for you daily. We are encouraged by your faithfulness and what you're doing for God's kingdom and throughout Cambodia. Welcome. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well this morning, um, Ben and I will be sharing the platform today. And to begin with, we thought we might just, you know, shake things up a little bit and um, switch things around. And so that's why Ben was preaching in Khmer and I was speaking in English. Um, but as you all know, as, as most of you probably are aware. I look more Cambodian. <laughs> yeah, most of you will probably be aware. Those that know us well would actually say that Ben is probably more Cambodian than I am. So go figure, right? Well, you know what? I've been raised in Australia for a long time. I've learnt the Australian culture very well. But um, so, yes, as I said, we're going to be sharing the platform today. And so um, I'm going to be sharing the beginning part, but, um, and then Ben will be leading the remainder of the part. And so we know we have our kids in with us today. So that's really exciting. And we also got big kids as well, I hear. Yeah, awesome. Big kids at heart, right? Um, so uh, just to kind of um, spruce things up for the young ones, um, we'd really love to be able to award some prizes today after our message, okay? So we, we're going to dig deep into our inner Asian. 
because, you know, all of us do have an inner Asian somewhere in there, I believe. If you're liking your Thai curry, you're an inner Asian. You know, if you're liking, um, what is it, um, mangoes, that's your inner Asian, you know. So you got, yeah, whatever it is. Yes, Debbie out there loves her green mangoes, I hear. I'm with you on that one. Yes, I'm with you on that. So, um, so we've got some prizes. So we have some pencil cases to give out as well. So it's from, all the way from Cambodia. Um, handmade by the Cambodians. Well, I believe. <laughs> no, <laughs> not all of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so we're actually going to be asking households to come up um, and to award the households who've come up and, to, uh, and, and let us know what is the Khmer word for family. Now, so get your ears listening because I will be mentioning that throughout this message today. So the Khmer word for family. But also we've got other little goodies. We've got some little Asian jelly cups, you know, they're pretty nice, aren't they? <laughs> and some Asian coconut candy. So um, some, some little treats for you all. Um, so if for those who miss out on the pencil cases, um, uh, if you can let us know, because we're going to introduce some people to you today, uh, we'd love for you to remember one of their names and that you just need to come up and you can grab one of those. So young and old, I guess. <laughs> All right, okay, well, let us begin. Um, you know, as we spent time praying over and preparing this message today, um, we've thought about the overarching theme of this year, uh, that is, is there not a cause? And the little things that I have learned along the way in just hearing that message are things like, are we living it out? Are we living out this cause that God has placed in our lives? Are we pursuing this cause with purpose, with passion, with zealousness? Are we having faith in this? And are we actually choosing to step into what it is that God is calling us to do? And then as of recent, Pastor Rick's been talking about laying it down. And he gives this analogy of, you know, a seed must be dead in order to really um, to begin to grow and to flourish, to multiply, in order to release its true purpose, right? So in all that, um, I just wanted to let, us, let you guys know that um, this message today will be titled, Laying It Down for Family and the Cause of the Kingdom. So... Let me pray. <sighs> Father, Lord, Holy Spirit, we thank you so much for your wisdom and your truth. And I know that your presence is here. Your presence is resting upon each and every one of us that is here today and that is listening to the live stream. I know, Lord God, that you want to tear down walls in people's hearts, Lord God. You want to bring out the goodness, Lord Jesus, that is within them. The purpose, Lord God, that, are, that they are here for this, for this purpose in life on this earth, Lord God. You want to unleash that. And I just really pray, Lord God, that today, that you will rest your presence on the hearts of all those that are here. That you will open up their hearts to listen. Open up their hearts to see what it is that you want to reveal to them today. And I just ask you, Lord God, that you'll breathe your breath of life, Lord, over us. And let this message, Lord God, not be 
my message, but that it's your message, Lord God, your message for your people, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm excited. (laughs) Wonderful. So the great thing about organizing, well, the great thing about being, knowing that we're preaching is that um, it gives us time to reflect on what it is that God has been doing in our lives over the many, many years that we have decided to follow Jesus. And I love how scripture just bounces out to you when you just go, when you allow the Holy Spirit to just reveal to you um, the truth of his word. And so today, when, when we were preparing this message, um, we actually thought we had a particular verse that we wanted to share, but, but God just changes things around, right? <laughs> um, and, and this particular verse um, that we're about to share at the moment, is, it really spoke to us. It spoke to us because, you know, sometimes certain scriptures... Um, really jump out to us because it is just something that we are needing to hear right there and then. But then sometimes it's just exciting because we know that that's exactly what we're doing. We're living it out and we just thank God for that. But then there are times where we feel like we just, we just need that hope, that promise to be reminded to us. And so today um, we really felt like the, this particular verse, Mark 10. So if you've got your Bibles or if you've got... Um, your phones today, or if it's up on the screen, yep. Um, Mark chapter 10, 29 to 30, says this. Let us, um, sorry, let me, oh no, it's up on the screen. <laughs> okay, it says, Jesus said, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel um, keep going, who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters, sorry, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution and in the age to come, eternal life. Okay. So let me give you a question to think on. Just a heads up. Today, uh, we're not necessarily having points or statements, but more questions for you guys to ponder on. Um, And as we were just preparing this message, we just realized there's so much to unwrap and unpack within just this this topic itself. And we just really believe that we just want to kind of just initially, you know, paint some few brushstrokes for you or kind of like draw a little bit of a sketch outline for you, so to speak. But really, the heart of this message is to um, get you guys to really think and ponder on what it is to lay down our lives for family and for the cause of the kingdom. So my first question is, um, what is it that I'm leaving? So in that particular verse um, that I just read in Mark chapter 10, verse 29 to 30, Jesus makes that statement. But if we can backtrack a little bit, in actual, in Mark chapter 10, um, we are introduced to this rich young man. So let me paraphrase it for you, um, but please definitely have a read of it yourself because there is just so much gems in just unpacking that. Um, So here we have this rich young man 
Um, Jesus has been doing his teachings on many different things. And then all of a sudden, this rich young man comes up to Jesus and says, Lord, what must I do to enter eternal life? And Jesus basically says, well, you know what? You know what you've got to do. You know the commandments. You know, do not steal, do not murder, do not commit adultery, do not bear false witness, honour your father and mother. You know all those things. And the young man said, yes, yes, I do all those things. I've done them since I was a young boy. And then Jesus looked at him and loved him and said, ah, but there's just one thing. Just one thing. He says, I want you to lay down. I want you to, um, you lack one thing. Go and sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. But it's interesting because the man went away sad because he realized he had so much wealth and didn't really want to let that go. But what was interesting is that at the time, of course, the disciples were with Jesus as well because, you know, the disciples are following Jesus around, listening to his teachings. And the disciples were marveled at what, what Jesus was saying. It's like they were kind of say, thinking, well, if a, if a rich man can't even enter the kingdom of heaven, who can really enter then? And Jesus was like, ah, yes, <laughs> with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. And then you have Peter come in. Now, Peter, he looks at Jesus and says, but Jesus, I've given you everything. And it was almost like as if, you know, when, when someone looks at you and they just gaze into your eyes and knows exactly what you're thinking, it was like Jesus was looking at Peter and thought, I know exactly what you're thinking and I just want to reassure you something. And he actually says, well, truly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or lands for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution and in the age to come, eternal life. I can imagine Peter at the time having like a movie reel in his mind, you know, thinking about, wow, I've, Jesus, I have given you everything. I have actually left my mum, my dad, like I've left my family, I've left my home and I've come to follow you. And, you know, in that particular moment, as I was actually meditating on that particular scripture, it really touched my heart because it reminded me about our life, the Prevo family. <laughs> and as many of you are aware... Um, ben and I, with our four kids, um, we actually left to go to Cambodia in 2013. And we left because we felt like there was a call of God, that God spoke to us and said to us to go, go to Cambodia. And you know what? When God speaks, you got to move, right? <laughs> you got to go. And so for us at the time, our kids were actually Boaz, our youngest was actually 18 months old, Maya was four years old, Joseph was seven years old, and Elijah was 19 years old. Nine, sorry, <gasps> nine years old. He's, he's, he's not even 19 I yet. I know, yeah. 
But I'm thinking in my head because I realise, gee, they've just grown up so much, you know, and I know that many of you here have actually seen them growing up over the years and, and it's just amazing um, just what God can do for family. So, um, so when we heard the call of God to go, um, we actually had to make a big decision in our lives about what we were going to do with life here. Um, so we actually felt that God said, you need to sell your home. So at the time, we were actually living in McGrath's Hill. I know that there's a few of you who remember our McGrath's Hill house. I know Amy Stubbs does. I know that for sure. <laughs> um, so we lived in McGrath's Hill, and we were living a very comfortable life. We were loving it. We were, you know, happily married. We still are, happily. <laughs> Um, we've got four beautiful kids, you know, we were serving at the church as youth pastors at the time, you know, there wasn't any, there wasn't really any reason why we had to go. Life was good, life was comfortable, life was like, you know, fantastic. And, um, but, you know, when, when God speaks to you and he says for you to go, or he, he, he touches your heart, he, he's, he's pressing you in a certain area, you got to listen. And so we did. We sold our home. We left the comforts of Australia. You know, Australia's pretty comfortable, I must say. <laughs> it's pretty cushy. Um, we, we left the safety and the security of our current friendships and, and even our own family. Um, and so when I say own family, like our, our parents and, and our um, extended family, we left that. And so we decided to do that because we believed that God had placed on us this calling to go. And um, now in, in all of that, uh, I know that we've had to give up a lot of things, but we really felt like God was asking us to, to leave behind or to lay down or to surrender some things because just like that rich young man, when Jesus saw him, he actually loved him. It actually says that in the scriptures that Jesus saw him and loved him. And Jesus has this way of being able to look through your, your soul and just stare at you and, and be able to look past whatever, whatever insecurities or whatever thoughts or feelings that you have, look past all your layers of humanity and just be able to speak directly to you. And so at that time, um, the rich young man, God just knew, Jesus just knew that there was just one thing. There was just one thing that was holding him back from truly receiving the promise of the kingdom of heaven. Um, so my question to you today is, is God asking you to lay down anything? Is God asking you to leave behind Anything? Now, you might be thinking, well, hang on, Theta, you're saying I, I should go to Cambodia? No, 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 I'm not saying that. <laughs> but what is God asking you to do? What is he speaking directly into your heart about? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, I know that what we're talking about today are just words and I believe that God is breathing his breath of life over these words and penetrating into your heart so that you can actually feel his touch, so that you can hear his words. 
so that he can begin to break down any walls that you have possibly created so that you can actually uncover and discover the purpose that he has for you and to not be afraid to lay it down, to not be afraid to leave it behind. So... So maybe God is asking you to leave the comfort, safety, and security of your current friendships so that you can make more room for people in your life. More people in your world, how great is that? More family. Now, the Khmer word for family is grusa. So let's have a quick little... Short Khmer lesson. Grusa. Can I get a, yeah, ready? I would say one, two, three. Grusa. Oh, that sounds great. I think we have to give away all the pencil cases at this stage. Everyone's doing really well. So, yes, the Khmer word is grusa. So, hi, grusa. <laughs> and they're all probably thinking. They get really excited. Can I, side note? I love the family in Cambodia. Like, I love you guys. Please hear my heart. I love you guys, okay? I do. I love you. Well, yeah. It's, it's not a who's, who's better or who's not better. It's, you're all great. And I, I love my church family here in Australia. Um, but I love the church family in Cambodia. I love how they just get so excited by just even the simplest things. And they laugh and they giggle. And they make you feel really, you know, Lovely and fluffy. <laughs> and they cook a mean feast as well. Tell you that. I tell you, you never go hungry in Cambodia. Actually, one of the things that um, uh, Cambodians normally say, you know how normally we, uh, we greet each other, we say, hi, how are you going? How's everything? How's family? Um, yeah, in, in Cambodia, it's more like, you know, Jim and they ask you, have you eaten yet? It's like, you must, if you haven't eaten yet, something must be not right. <laughs> so I need to feed you <laughs> so you feel better. So that's usually, that's usually the culture in Cambodia. It's more, how are you? But have you eaten? Have you eaten? And sometimes you just have to say, oh, I have, but I guess you're going to make more room for me, aren't you? <laughs> yes. Um, so... So maybe God is also asking you to lay down your time. Make more room to deepen relationships with others. More family. More grusa. See, it's easy to fill our schedules and make our lives busy with a lot of things. But maybe it's worth looking at how we use our time and make room for what matters. You know, when I was younger, my dad had this particular saying, time is time. And he often used to say it to me when I was doing something that, I shouldn't have been doing. Um, he said, time is time. And when I was younger, I didn't really get it because I was kind of thinking, well, of course, time is time. You know, it's one o'clock or it's two o'clock. But as I got older, I realized what he was trying to tell me was that time is precious. You don't get it back. You got to live it with purpose. So what if God is asking you to honor him with your time? 
The other thing is God might be asking you to leave behind what is familiar. You know, it's so easy for us to get comfortable in the familiar. Easy for us to get in um, being with the same sort of friend, being with the same friends, you know, um, being with people that you're, you're, you can easily get along with. But what if, uh, what if God is asking you to step out of that familiar and, and embrace the newness that God has in his family, in his grusa? What if God is asking you to leave behind your material possessions, give away a car to someone in need possibly? What if God's asking you to do that? What if God is asking you to leave behind your wealth and use that wealth to bless somebody else? Is that what he's asking you to leave? So what is he asking you to leave, to lay down and surrender today? I want you to ponder on that one. So my next point is, what do I gain? So what do I gain from leaving my family, my brothers and sisters, all that? the children, the land. Often when we think about family, we often think about, you know, our immediate family. You know, my mum, my dad, I've got two younger brothers, love them. And then when I got married, I entered into another family and then had children, they're my family. But I believe that God is talking about a family that is far bigger than that. And so in Galatians chapter 3, 25 to 29, I love this verse. But now that faith has come, we are no longer under a guardian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is no male and female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to the promise. In the NIV, it says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. You know, it's easy for us to spot differences between people, cultures, languages, even cuisines, preferences, etc., but Jesus had this beautiful way of being able to look at people and see past their nationality, past their physical appearance, upbringing, past all the complex, complex layers of humanity. He was able to just see past all that. And he saw a soul for their eternal worth. Jesus was able to see that soul and say, yes, you are so worth it for the kingdom of heaven. I want you in the family of God. I wonder if we can do the same. I wonder if we can look at people in that same way, past their nationality, past their upbringing, past what it is they like or dislike, past all that, so that we can see their soul for their eternal worth and say, yes, I want to include you into the family of heaven, in the kingdom of heaven with God. So here we are. So in Mark 10, again, verse 30, it says, Who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time? Houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands. So he, whilst we've been in Cambodia, 
we have actually found more brothers. <laughs> we have found more sisters, more mamas, mamas that want to feed you. They always do. More children. We have more family, more grusa. We have all of that, and we are welcomed into that. And more family to also welcome into our lives. So we want to introduce you to a few. Um, now, in saying that, you all know Utom and Ninset. They're legends. They are extraordinary, faithful men of God who have been serving in the nation of Cambodia for such a long time and have a heart after Jesus. But I figured you guys know them, right? But I want, you to, I want to introduce you to some people that you may not know about too well. So here's our first one. Let me introduce you to our wonderful brothers and sisters. We have an image coming up. There. So we have Bray and Mai. Bray is the husband on the far left-hand side for you guys. And Mai is the wife in the middle. And they've got their two sons, Uttom. You know that one, hey. Uttom and Date. So this family have such a heart after Jesus. They're so faithful in, um, in pursuing what it is that they believe that God has placed on their lives. And they live out the gospel. Um, they are actually our leaders at Maymot Church. And if I can share a quick testimony on, on, on Bray, this is how faithful these guys are. So, look, they own, they own a, a farming property out in Maymot. Um, and there was this one particular time where Bray actually didn't realize he had kidney stones. He just didn't realize he had kidney stones, but his stomach was feeling so hard and firm and he was in a lot of pain, but they couldn't really afford to go to the doctors or to the hospital. Um, and that next day later, they were actually um, meeting us um, to, to do church together and have fellowship together with the people in um, the church family, but as well as in the community there. And so here he is in a lot of pain. And he shares his testimony how he was standing right near one of his peppercorn trees because that's um, what, he, what they grow. They have a peppercorn plantation. And so he was, growing, he was standing right there and he was praying and he said to God, God, I'm in so much pain, but I can't get to the hospital and I know that tomorrow we're coming to worship you with the church family. I want to be well. I want to be well. And as he was there praying, he literally passed out a kidney stone on the ground, passed out a kidney stone and he was totally relieved from the pain. And he even had photos to show me. <laughs> it was a big stone. It was a big stone. It was like, I was kind of, I'm like, what? You passed that? But yeah, that was just their faithfulness, standing on God's word and wanting to continue to, to share the gospel. They didn't want to say, no, we can't do it because I'm totally sick. I don't want to bring the people together. They said, no, God, help me. We're gathering together. Heal me, please. And so how good is that? So this is them. That's them. And, and there's another photo. Um, 
Next photo, please. Okay, so we have Sreiniang, and the other one is Sreiniang too. So they they're both called Sreiniang. Um, um, and so these these girls are in their early twenties. Um, they serve in the Kupungcham Church, and they have such a heart for the young women, the youth there. And so they actually help lead um, the the small groups for the young girls, as well as with the soccer ministry. They help out with that as well with the girls. Um, but yeah, so there's a couple there. So I better pass you on to Ben. Okay. Okay, so now um, I'm going to introduce some people as I get started because I love that you actually gain family. Um, when I show these ones, you'll probably see the family resemblance. It's <laughs> so if we can move to the next next photo, please. And um, so up here we have uh, Setla. So Setla is actually not his real name. Uh, Utom gave him the name Setla when they met uh, 14 years ago. Um, his name is Sapir, but um, Utom decided to change his name to Setla because Setla means rock. And, uh, and it's very apt. This young man, is, he is a rock. He's a rock in the church. He, he, um, he coaches the soccer, all the soccer teams. He also um, helps run the worship and uh, oversees all of the, um, the small groups for the young, the young men and the boys within the church. Um, yeah, and he is, he is as faithful a man as you will ever find. Um, it's surprising that he's still single. Yes, um, he's single. <laughs> single ladies, if you ever find a man that's like Setla, <laughs> don't pass that one up. Yeah. He, he is an incredible young man. Um, yeah, a faithful brother. Okay, next. Now, this young man, his name is Mai. Um, Maya's 19. Uh, you go, no, he can't be 19. Well, he is 19. Um, and he's, he's an incredible young man. So when he was 15, so he's from a, um, a village outside of um, Kabungjam, so in another province. And his, so his parents, they, they died a little while ago. And he has some older sisters who are looking after the farm. And, and they, um, they were almost begging him saying no no you need to you need to stay here in in Kabung Chenang is the province that he's from saying you need to stay here and you need to look after the water buffalo for us and and as a 15 year old he said uh no <laughs> no I'm not staying because God has something bigger for me and I need to go to Kabung Chan because there I can study and, and I can and I can learn I'll be able to I'll be able to do more for the family and for God if I go. And so he left his homeland to move to um, Kabungjam. And he, he, is, he is faithful. Loads of the young people who are part of the soccer ministry and in the youth ministry are there because of, because of him. And, and so he, um, when he first stepped up, he was assisting Setla. And now he has some people learning off him and... And it's, yeah, it's just going to go from strength to strength. He is, uh, yeah, an incredible, incredible young man. Okay, now a few more photos to expand the view of our brothers and sisters that we gained by laying it down. This is the youth at Kabungcham, um, well, some of them, 
obviously the photo can't fit everybody in. Uh, so they, yeah, they gather, well, today they gather. So they'll be gathering this afternoon. So yeah, pray. If you're going to spend some time, extra time praying today, praying that God really just moves amongst them. But yeah, um, that is going great. There's young people coming all the time that just want to know God. So next picture, this is our gathering in uh, Maymont. And um, they're just they're gathering, they're praying. In this time, you can see standing up is actually Sreeniang from the photo before. So she's originally from Kampon, but she serves in, in Kampong Cham because she was there to study. It's the closest big place where they can study. But there she is leading them in prayer. Um, next photo. And the fan, this is Kampon, and this is how they gather for church. Do we, do we want to get rid of the chairs and we all gather like that? I know Rick already removed some chairs. <laughs> could remove more. We could sit on, the, sit on a mat. But yeah, this is they gather. They, they just, they love God. They love to pray. They love to worship. Um, and they often dance as part of worship so they don't stay sitting. They get up and they dance in a circle. It's, but this is, a, this is the family, your family too. Okay. That's it for pictures. That's what we gained. We gained family. But did you notice that in the verse, it goes, he goes on with all of these really good things. We get this list and go, there's, you're going to gain brothers and sisters and mothers and homes and lands. And you're all going, I hope it stops there. That, that's, just, that's just way too much and too good. And then he says, and persecution. <laughs> and everyone goes, yeah. <laughs> I was, they were ready to like fist pump and then they go, oh. They get brought back down to earth. But there, there's a reason he brought that. And persecution is, it, it's the promise of God that is not in those little books called the Promises of God book that you can get at Kurong. <laughs> it's not there. They, they deleted that page. Um, I don't know why, but they did. It's gone. But there is, but there's, it's a life that we know that life is not free from trouble. I mean, in, uh, what is it? It's, so First Peter, chapter 4, and, and Peter's talking to the people, and he's saying, Now, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. So like Peter was the very first hip-hop artist ever recorded. <laughs> People got excited. Um, but no, but it's true. He says, don't be ashamed that, you, that you're suffering. Like suffering's actually something good, but there's a reason that I think Jesus mentioned it after all of the good things that we gain. Because we do gain it. And we often don't lay it down because we're scared of what we'll lose, but you gain so much more and persecution but you gain the so much more so that you can stand in the persecution yeah that's good that's good you can stand through it and remember jesus actually promised it in john 15 he says hey they persecuted me so they're going to persecute you it's just how it how it works he's also said another time he said if they hated me they'll hate you it's coming, but it's not that bad a thing. It's something we should embrace. Embrace the persecution. It's a good sign. It's a sign that you've, you've, you've laid it down. If you're getting persecuted because of your faith, it's kind of, it's a good sign. It's like, yes, 
Because sometimes we go, oh, am I doing enough? Am I living it? Am I, am I, have I really laid it down? Well, get some persecution in your life and that'll tell you that you've laid it down. Because <laughs> no one persecutes someone who hasn't laid it down. Lay it down. Lay it down. See, I've got loads of stories, but I'm going to be vague about how persecution impacts. I'll be vague for the sake of people who are in the stories. Um, if you want to know the proper details, you can talk to me when I'm not on live stream. Um, <clears throat> so my, who was up there, um, the, vill- the village that he was, that, so the place where he's from, that I mentioned, Kapung Chenang. So we actually traveled out there. Um, years, ago, years ago now, we traveled out there in the middle of nowhere and we had one light, like a little light globe hanging from under. We sat under a house and all of these people started gathering. Um, and and I, shared, I shared the gospel with them from, from creation through to Christ. And, and then, and then Uthom kind of ra- wrapped everything up and, and every single person, every single family there have gone, yes, yeah, I want Jesus. Now, literally no more than two days later, <laughs> a group of them, a family, an older family member had found out what had happened and told them, no, you're not allowed to. If you do it, you're out of the family, you're gone. Another, another time there was, um, there was a, there was a funeral for a, um, one of the, the older men as part of our church and his family, they really wanted, they really wanted to just, they didn't want to do it the way everyone was telling them that you have to do that because this is how Cambodians do it. They're going, no, because he, he was a man of faith and, um, we're at the, um, at the cremation site and the men who run the cremation site found out that he was a Christian and they're like, no, we're not doing it. Mm. And um, the husband said, said to them, well, we've paid, you're doing it. <laughs> and so he had to stand there and watch them do it while everyone else had gone off to, to, to eat together and to celebrate this man's life. He stood there and made sure they did the job probably because if he didn't, they would have just grabbed the body and just dumped it in the jungle. Now that's over there. Here, it, ha- <laughs> Here it happens. Like um, if you look on the Open Doors website, which they support the persecuted church, they have a list of nine things that they use to gauge which nations are the most persecuted. But every country in the world, if you're gonna lay it down and live with faith, you will get, it may just be a little bit, But it's there. But if you're not getting it, maybe what you've got to ask is, do I need to lay something down? Do I need to lay something down? Embrace the persecution. You have many, many brothers and sisters to stand with you. And then he finishes off what you gain with and later on in the time to come, eternal life. It's almost like a, 
the sandwich, isn't it? All the good stuff. Then something hidden inside the sandwich. <laughs> you get something like, you know, you bite into a sandwich and there's that flavour. You're just like, what is that? Who, who put that in? <laughs> who put anchovies on my Vegemite sandwich? <laughs> you. <laughs> Probably me. <laughs> Eternal life. It's the fullness of all God has for us. And it's to come and it's like in John 17 when Jesus is praying and in John 17 verse three and he says, this is eternal life that they would know you, the true God. That they would know you. You know how Paul says in um, 1 Corinthians 13, he says, um, uh, now we partly know, then we, then we will fully know. Mm. It falls in line with, with this idea that, hey, it's like, okay, we know God, but then we'll fully know Him. There'll be something more. It'll be way beyond what you can imagine. But it comes after all of this, gaining lots of brothers and sisters, suffering some persecution, and then later on, actually get to fully know the father mm. goes from just that day day by day spending some time on your knees or walking out walking out in a paddock if you have a paddock or staying inside away from the bugs <laughs> whatever it is whatever place it is that you're, that you're there, you're walking with the Father, it's going to be so much more. Mm. Multiply it. But then, so we've gone through, we kind of split what do you gain, and I'm going to go on the last bit. What's the reason? In the middle of those verses in Peter, Jesus has the phrase, for my sake and for the gospel. Paul says in, uh, I think it's 2 Corinthians, and he says, I do all of this for the sake of the gospel. Might be 2 Corinthians, but you can do like a search in your Bible app <laughs> later and you can find it. He says that, I do all this for the sake of the gospel. It's for Jesus and the gospel. Is there, any, is there anything greater? Is there anything that even kind of, even compares to that? Like we go, oh, but... We live in a society, okay, I'll give, you, I'll give you a breakdown of some things. So when I was younger, we had no fences. And um, no, so nobody had fences except for the dairy farm. And useless because fences don't keep cows in anyway. <laughs> if a cow wants to get something that's outside of the fence that it's in, it just walks through the fence. <laughs> and, but the dairy farm was the only one with, with fences. The orange orchard didn't need fences because trees don't run away. <laughs> no one had fences, so we just like, as a kid I grew up running everywhere barefoot. And we never locked the house. And then when I got older and I started driving, I'd drive into town to go to the shops, and if, especially if it was summer, I would leave the car running when I went into the shops so that I could come back and the car hadn't heated up 
as in temperature, heat, and you step into a sauna. You just leave it running. So the aircon was going. So the car would feel nice when you got in. <laughs> and we never locked anything. We'd go away and not lock the house. And then I met Peter. <laughs> I'm from the suburbs. They lock the house when they're at home. <laughs> so when we got married, we had to come to an agreement that the, the front door got locked, but there was a side door that never had a lock on it. <laughs> so people would come and we'd be, we'd be out and people would come and we'd get home and someone would be sitting at, a, sitting at our dining yeah. table having a coffee just waiting for us. We're laying it down for the gospel. I think sometimes we need to knock down our fences. We need to unlock our doors for the sake of the gospel. Peter says again, he goes, it's God's will that none should perish, but everyone come to everlasting life. But we go, but I don't know if I've got the time. But I need... I need my home time to be a, to create a sanctuary. And we, we sometimes, this might, okay, Theta was the nice one. I come on and I offend people. <laughs> Not sorry. <laughs> um, we sometimes worship our homes as a little safe zone. God gave you a home to use it for His glory. Yeah, that's good. For His glory. For His kingdom. Mm. For the for the family of faith, mm. for the brothers and sisters that are yet to be. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Don't worship your stuff. Mm. Worship the Creator. Yeah. It's for the sake of the gospel. I mean, Jesus said in Matthew, He says, Go make disciples of all nations. In Mark, He said, Preach the gospel to all creation. Mm. In Luke and Acts, he says that you will be my witnesses. In John, he says, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. And in 2 Corinthians as well, he talks about, Paul talks about how God gave us the ministry of reconciliation. It's about reconciling people to God. The entire story of the Bible is about God it starts off with God and there's, there's this closeness and he's walking with Adam. And then there's family breakdown. In the, in the unseen and in the seen, there's this rebellion and there's a breakdown of family. And the rest of the story is God getting his family back. Yeah. Yeah. It's God getting his family back. Mm-hmm. And when you become, when you get grafted into that family tree and when you get drawn back in, into that, adopted in, You're there to be used so that others can come back in. Yeah. You're an implement to draw, to, to draw others in so that the family is growing, so that the family is expanding, so the kingdom is expanding. Mm. We do it. For his sake, for the kingdom. Because see, 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, For our sake, you and I, he made him to be 
sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. He did something for our sake. Now us for his sake. Lay it down. Lay it down. I don't care what it is. There is nothing that we can have, nothing that we can hold, nothing we can have in our bank account, nothing, there's no home or land or anything that is worth the value of the eternal life that we come to. There's nothing worth more than that. Nothing compares. It's for His kingdom. So if I can implore you, daily check your heart. Is it it for God? Is it for His kingdom? Is it for the family of brothers and sisters in the faith? Or am I worshipping something else? What am I worshipping? Because there's nothing greater than the kingdom. There's nothing greater than seeing people reconciled to God. What do you need to lay down? 20 years ago, approximately, we were on a, I was on a holiday and I was in Cambodia and I was in a car and I didn't speak the language then. And I was in a car with people who didn't speak my language. And so I just sat staring out a window. And Holy Spirit just started to break my heart for these people who didn't know. Who didn't know. And it was then 20 years ago that I'm like, I I need to, whatever I need to do, I need to get back here. And it took a little bit of time. God had to convince Theta to go back to the country she was born in. (laughs) But we went and I was like, I I don't regret laying down anything. I don't regret leaving anything behind. Regardless of how much could possibly be worth these days, it doesn't matter. I'd rather have nothing and see the people that you saw on the screen and the many, many more that are coming to Jesus. What do you need to lay down? What do you need to lay down? Father, awaken our hearts to the, to the cause. Awaken our hearts and our minds and our eyes to, just to see, to see the eternal worth of people, to see, to see hearts that 
that need to know you to see that there is nothing more valuable than knowing you, Father. Nothing. Father, I ask that you would break the chains that some of the things that we, we value in this world ha have to hold us, hold us back. Help us to see that they're not valuable, to cut loose, to cut loose, to lay it down. to live for you. Thank you, Father. Amen.